Chapters 86, 87, and 88 of Ruth Hall by Fanny Fern. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 86 Good afternoon, Mrs. Hall, said one of the old lady's neighbors. Here is the book you lent me. I am much obliged to you for it. I like it better than any book I have read for a long while. You said truly that if I once began it I should not lay it down till I had finished it. "'Yes,' said the old lady. "'I don't often read a book nowadays. "'My eyes are not very strong. "'Blue eyes seldom are, I believe,' said she, "'fearing lest her visitors should suspect old time had been blurring them. "'But that book now just suits me. "'There is common sense in it. "'Whoever wrote that book is a good writer. "'I hope she will give us another just like it. "'Floy is a queer name. "'I don't recollect ever hearing it before. "'I wonder who she is.' "'So do I,' said the visitor, "'and what is more I mean to find out. "'Oh, here comes Squire Dana's son. "'He knows everything. I'll ask him. "'Yes, there he comes into the gate. "'Fine young man, Mr. Dana. "'They do say he's making up to Sarah Gilson, "'the lawyer's daughter. "'Good match, too.' "'Good afternoon,' said both the ladies in a breath. "'Glad to see you, Mr. Dana. "'Folks well?' "'That's right. We have been saying that you could tell us who Floy, the author of that charming book, Life Sketches, really is.' "'You are inclined to quiz me?' said Mr. Dana. "'I think it should be you who should give me that information.' "'Us!' exclaimed both the old ladies. "'Us? We have not the slightest idea who she is. We only admire her book.' "'Well, then, I have an unexpected pleasure to bestow,' said Mr. Dana, rubbing his hands in great glee. "'Allow me to inform you, Mrs. Hall, that Floy is no more, no less, than your daughter-in-law, Ruth.' "'Impossible!' screamed the old lady, growing very red in the face and clearing her throat most vigorously. "'I assure you it is true. My informant is quite reliable. I am glad you admire your daughter-in-law's book, Mrs. Hall. I quite share the feeling with you.' "'But I don't admire it,' said the old lady, growing every moment more confused. "'There are several things in it, now I think of them, which I consider highly immoral. I think I mentioned them to you, Mrs. Spear.' said she, trusting to that lady's defective memory, at the time I lent it to you. "'Oh, no, you didn't,' replied Mrs. Spear. "'You said it was one of the best and most interesting books you have ever read, else I should not have borrowed it. I am very particular what I put in my children's way.' "'Well, I couldn't have been thinking of what I was saying,' said the old lady. "'The book is very silly, a great part of it, beside being very bold for a woman, and, as I said before, really immoral.' "'It is highly recommended by the religious press,' said Mr. Dana, infinitely amused at the old lady's sudden change of opinion. "'You can't tell,' said the old lady. "'I have no doubt she wrote these notices herself.' "'She has made an ample fortune at any rate,' said the young man. "'More than I ever expect to make if I should scribble till doomsday.' "'Don't believe it,' said the old lady, fidgeting in her chair. "'Or, if she has, it won't last long.' "'In that case she has only to write another book,' said the persistent Mr. Dana. "'Her books will always find a ready market.' "'We shall see,' said the old lady, bridling. "'It is my opinion she'll go out like the wick of a candle. "'People won't read a second edition of such trash. "'Ruth Hall, Floy, 
Hmph! That accounts. Hmph! Well, anyhow, if she has made money, she had her nose held to the grindstone pretty well first. That's one comfort. She, Floy, hmph, that accounts. Well, sometimes money is given for a curse. I've heard tell of such things. Yes, yes, I've heard tell of such things, muttered the old lady, patting her foot as her two visitors left. Dreadful grand, Ruth, Floy. Feels now, I suppose, a sight of money she's made, has she? A great deal she knows how to invest it. Invest it. What's the use of talking about that? It will be invested on her back in silk gowns, laces, frumpery, and such things. I haven't a silk gown in the world. The least she could do would be to send me one for the care of that child. Yes, laces and feathers, feathers and laces. The children, too, all tricked out like little monkeys, with long ostrich legs and short bob-tailed skirts standing out like the Opry girls, and whole yards of ribbon streaming from their hair, I'll warrant. The catechies clean driven out of Katie's head. Shouldn't be at all astonished if they went to dancing school or any other immoral place. Wonder where they'll live. In some grand hotel, of course. Dinner at six o'clock. Black servants. Gold salt cellars and finger glasses. Nothing short of that'll suit now. <laughs> Shouldn't be astonished any day to hear Ruth kept a carriage and servants in livery, or had been to Victory's Court in lappets and diamonds. She's just impudent enough to do it. She isn't afraid of anybody nor anything. Dare say she will marry some count or duke. She has no more principle. <laughs> I suppose she is crowing well over me. Very well. The wheel may turn round again, who knows. In fact, I am sure of it. How glad I should be. Well, I must say, I didn't think she had so much perseverance. I expected she'd just sit down after a while and fret herself to death and be well out of the way. Floy. Hmph. <laughs> I suppose I shan't take up a newspaper now without getting a dose about her. I dare say that spiteful young Dana will call here again just to rile me up by praising her. What a fool I was to get taken in so about that book. But how should I know it was hers? I should as soon have thought of her turning out Mrs. Bonaparte as an authoress. Authoress! <laughs> Wonder how the heels of her stockings look. Suppose she wears silk ones now, and French shoes. She was always as proud as Lucifer of her foot. Well, I must say, as long as there's nobody here to hear me, that she beats all. Hm. She'll collapse, though. There's no doubt of that. I've heard of balloons that alighted in mud puddles. End of chapter 86 Chapter 87 "'Good morning, Mr. Ellett,' said Mr. Jones, making an attempt at a bow, which the stiffness of his shirt-collar rendered entirely abortive. "'How'd you do?' "'Oh, how are you, Mr. Jones? I was just looking over the household messenger here, reading my daughter Floy's pieces, and thinking what a great thing it is for a child to have a good father. Floy was carefully brought up and instructed, and this, you see, is the result.' I have been reading several of her pieces to a clergyman who was in here just now. I keep them on hand in my pocket-book, to exhibit as a proof of what early parental education and guidance may do in developing latent talent and giving the mind a right direction. I was not aware Floy was your daughter, replied Mr. Jones. Do you know what time she commenced writing? What was the title of her first article, and what was her remuneration? "'Sir?' 
said Mr. Ellet, wishing to gain a little time, and looking very confused. "'Perhaps I should not ask such questions,' said the innocent Mr. Jones, mistaking the cause of Mr. Ellet's hesitation. "'But I felt a little curiosity to know something of her early progress. What a strong desire you must have felt for her ultimate success, and how much your influence and sympathy must have assisted her.' do you know whether her remuneration at the commencement of her career as a writer was above the ordinary average of pay yes no really mr jones i will not venture to say lest i should make a mistake my memory is apt to be so treacherous she wrote merely for amusement i suppose there could be no necessity in your daughter's case said the blundering mr jones certainly not replied mr ellet it is astonishing how she can write so feelingly about the poor said mr jones it is so seldom that an author succeeds in depicting truthfully those scenes for which he draws solely upon the imagination my daughter floy has a very vivid imagination replied mr ellet nervously women generally have i believe they are said to excel our sex in word-painting "'I don't know, but it may be so,' said Jones. "'Floy certainly possesses it in an uncommon degree. "'It is difficult else to imagine, as I said before, "'how a person who has always been surrounded with comfort and luxury "'could describe so feelingly the other side of the picture. "'It is remarkable. "'Do you know how much she has realized by her writings?' "'There again,' said the disturbed Mr. Ellet, "'my memory is at fault. "'I am not good at statistics.' "'Some thousands, I suppose,' replied Mr. Jones. "'Well, how true it is, that to him who hath shall be given. "'Now here is your literary daughter, who has no need of money, "'realizes a fortune by her books, "'while many a destitute and talented writer starves on a crust.' "'Yes,' replied Mr. Ellet, "'the ways of providence are inscrutable.'" End of chapter 87 Chapter 88 "'Female literature seems to be all the rage now,' remarked a gentleman, who was turning over the volumes in Mr. Devlin's bookstore, number 6, Literary Row. "'Who are your most successful lady authors?' "'Miss Pine,' said Mr. Devlin, "'authoress of Shadows, Miss Taft, authoress of Sunbeams, and Miss Bittman, authoress of Fairyland.' "'I have been told,' said the gentleman, "'that Life Sketches by Floy has had an immense sale, "'a larger one, in fact, than any of the others. "'Is that so?' "'It has had a tolerable sale,' answered Mr. Devlin coldly. "'I might have published it, I suppose, had I applied, "'but I had a very indifferent opinion "'of the literary talent of the authoress. "'The little popularity it has had "'is undoubtedly owing to the writer being a sister of Hyacinth Ellet, "'the editor of the Irving magazine. "'But is she his sister?' said the gentleman. "'There are many rumors afloat. "'One hardly knows what to believe.' "'No doubt of it,' said Mr. Devlin. "'In fact, I myself know it to be true. "'Floy is his sister, and it is altogether owing to the transferring of her articles by him, "'to the columns of his paper, and his liberal endorsement of them, that she has had any success.' "'Indeed,' said the gentleman. "'Why, I was a subscriber for both the Standard when her first article appeared in it, "'and also for the Irving magazine, "'and I am very sure that nothing of hers was copied in the latter "'until she had acquired an enviable popularity over all the Union. "'No, sir,' said Mr. Walter, for it was he, 
I know a great deal more about Floy and her writings than you can tell me, and some little about yourself. I have often heard of the version you give of this matter, and I came in to satisfy myself if it had been correctly reported to me. Now, allow me to set you right, sir." said he with a stern look the editor of the irving magazine never recognized floy as his sister till the universal popular voice had pronounced its verdict in her favor then when the steam was up and the locomotive whizzing past he jumps on and says how fast we go i think you are mistaken sir replied mr devlin with a faint attempt to retain his position i am not mistaken sir I know personally that in the commencement of her literary career, when one or two articles of hers were copied into his paper by an assistant in the office, he positively forbade her nom de plume being again mentioned, or another of her articles copied into the Irving magazine. He is a miserable time-server, sir. Fashion is his god. He recognizes only the drawing-room side of human nature. Sorrow in satin he can sympathize with, but sorrow in rags is too plebeian for his exquisite organization. Good morning, Mr. Devlin. Good morning, sir. The next time I heard of your giving a version of this matter, I trust it will be a correct one, added he with a stern look. Well, exclaimed Mr. Walter as he walked down the street, of all mean meanness of which a man can be guilty, the meanest in my estimation is to rob a woman of her justly earned literary fame, and I wish, for the credit of human nature, it were confined to persons of as limited mental endowments and influence as the one I have just left. End of chapter 88